0: What's going on, comments? How we doing? Man, I'm standing back there. and I'm just listening to you guys sing, and I'm listening to the words, and I'm telling you, man, God is in this place, and he's ready to move, and he has a word for us as we give it our hearts in worship. Now he wants to fill that with his spirit. Are you ready to listen to him? Man, let's pray. Father in our highs and our lows you are consistent Father in our the lowest depths of our valley Lord you are there Father it was the psalmist who said that there's nowhere he could go that you aren't there so Father we know that you are here and I know you want to speak to our hearts tonight Father, we have come before you tonight with all kinds of crap. So we bring our highs to you, our, our, our praises, our thanksgivings, and we lay them at your feet. Father, we also drug in some stuff. It's just garbage, and we lay that at your feet too. Speak to your people tonight. Be palpable in this place. As your glory crushes us. It's the only reason we gather, Father, is to experience you tonight and hear from you. We pray these things in Christ's name and all of the comments said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. I don't know about you guys, but when we sing that song, So Will I, I know it's like super popular, everybody sings it, and so will I, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, there's a a phrase in that song that gets me every time because it's so profound. It's the phrase that says, on a hill you created. I want you to think about that for just a moment. The God of the universe stepping out of the heavens and into our story loved us so much that he came to die for us. And in fact, not only did he come to die, but on the very hill that he created, he died. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But that, 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 that is so, so profound every time. And I just have to stop at it and say, oh, God, I'm sorry. Because it was because of me that he created that hill so that he could die. I'm excited to be here tonight, Commons. I'm excited. We got a word, and, and I'm going to just warn you a little bit. It's a tough word tonight. It is a tough word, but Commons, you can handle it. I know you can. I know it. Because I got a word that that like you're not going to walk out of here going, you know, with all the warm fuzzies and all that kind of stuff. But but I think I think God has a word. I been going through these couple of books over the last several months and I got to this passage right here and I couldn't get past this passage. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, if there's something in there for me, you, you show it to me. And I, I spent many, many of days just reading like the same passage and then it just hit me. What was in there for me? And then, and then I really felt like God's like, I, next time you speak at the commons, this is a word for them as well. And I'm just telling you right now, you're not going to walk out of here and go, woo, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's a tough word. But you guys can handle it, comments. I know you guys can handle it. Before we get to that, I came across an interesting article that talked about things that we use every single day, but we don't understand why they were really uh, designed, what their original design purpose was, but we use them every day. Are you following me? Like, we use these things every day, but we don't know the full extent of why they were created and designed. So I'm going to show you some of the pictures. And some of you might know this stuff. You're much smarter than me. But I was kind of blown away by some of these. Let's show that first one. How many of you guys like Chinese food? Chinese takeout? You know, got to love it. Did you know that that box in the Chinese takeout was actually designed not only to be a box, but to actually show that picture? It's actually a plate. You unfold it, and it's designed to be a plate. I would get Chinese takeout, I would take it home, I would get out a plate, I would dump it on my plate and throw the box away. And and as a matter of fact, it's not only designed to be a plate, but you get to actually fold it back up again into the same carton and put it in your refrigerator. Isn't that incredible? That's all I got, man. We'll see you guys next month at the comments. <laughs> That's, good. That's incredible. How about this one? How about this one? How many of you guys have Tic Tacs? Okay, some of y'all breast stinks. So you better be carrying Tic Tacs. Listen, I used to get Tic Tacs and I used to rattle that thing around, and it seemed so hard to get that little Tic Tac. And that plastic, little plastic thing. Are you with me? I'd get it. I'd go like that and hit it. And then like three or four would come out. I don't want three or four. I know my breast stinks, but not that much. And so I'd hit it and hit it. Are you with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? But you know that the Tic Tac box was actually created for a purpose to dispense one at a time. Show the picture. If you tilt it on its side and you just open it up, it's designed to dispense one Tic Tac at a time. Isn't that amazing? Man. I I must have bad breath, preach tic-tac. All right, here we go, the next one. I'm blown away by these. You guys might not be as entertained, but I'm blown away. Now, while I do not use straws myself, I'm not a straw user. My wife's a straw user, and she opens up a can of Coke, and she's one of those people that put a straw in there. You know what I'm saying? And so I've seen my wife several times trying to drink out of that can with a straw in it. And she's kind of like, so, and the straw just keeps moving around. And so you're all kind of like, you know what I'm saying? But did you know that little pop-top thing is designed as a straw holder? <laughs> Show it right here. <laughs> what? i tell my wife about that one. This one's going to blow you away. Blew me away. Do you know, when you go to a restaurant, tell me you don't hate this. When you order fries and they give you that stinking little plastic paper cup full of ketchup. And you can like dip like just the end of your fry in there. And you're like, I need more ketchup than this. Do you know that it was designed not for that? But you actually can open it up and you can get as much ketchup out of you want. Okay, you're not as impressed by me on that one. Let me move on. Because I got a couple more that are going to blow you away. This one, this one's a game changer right here. This one's a game changer. How many of you guys like Oreo cookies? Love some Oreo cookies. Now, now here it is, right here. What goes best with Oreo cookies? Milk. Milk goes best with Oreo cookies. Did you guys know, did you know that the way they designed the tray was for this purpose? I never understood it. Oreos on this side did a bunch of space and Oreos on this side. I kept thinking to myself, what wasted space? But it wasn't wasted. Check this out. You pour milk in the middle. <laughs> what? That's exactly what it's designed for. <laughs> Let's go. That's it. That's all we need right there. This one. Okay. Last one. One more. <laughs> One more, and then I'll get to the Bible, really. I promise you, man. Check this out. Cups. To-go cups. Right? To-go cups. And you put the lid on the to-go cup, and you know it has those little holes. You know, you can punch it for Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, Sprite, Mountain whatever, and it tells you what can, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Did you know that the lid was designed for much more than this? Check this out. This blew me away. The lid on top of your cup with all the ridges around it, you never know why those bumps are there. It's designed for a purpose. You know why? Because it's designed to be a coaster. It's designed to be a coaster. What? No more. No more. Rings around the table. You take your lid. You put it under. It's, It's designed... To be a coaster. Isn't that a trip? I know. Wow. You guys are all amazed. Check this out. Check this out. I believe, I believe there's things in our lives that we become so familiar with, like these. Like these products that I just showed you, we've become so familiar with them that we forget or maybe do not even know the initial reason why they were created. There's things in our lives that God created, and we've become so numb and so used to and, and live in the mundane of them that we actually forget the reason why they were created. And what I want to talk about tonight is this idea of love and God's love, and I want to talk about some things that, that that it's going to be a little bit it's going to be a little bit rough because I'm going to read a passage in just a minute that's incredibly rough, and we're going to go to some places tonight. But the reason I want to take you to some places tonight is because I really do believe that in the century that we're living in, in 2018 that sometimes we forget why God created this concept of love and relationships. And what were they designed for? And how can we get the most out of them? Because God created them. See, this is, I have a saying here, and put this up on the screen because I think it's worthy of noting. Something is bound to break when you use it in a way it was never intended to be used. Did you hear what I just said? I want you to let that sink in. Something is bound to break when we use it in a way it was never intended to be used. And if we go around and we use our relationships and we use this idea of love and relationship in ways that it was never intended to be, I'm telling you, it's going to break. And some of you in here know exactly what I'm talking about because you're broken. You've been used by relationships, and you're getting tired of it. You've been so broken because people have burned you because they have not known how God created relationships and love, that you are broken and you're tired. And I'm telling you, if we use things in such a way that they were never intended to be, they're going to break. It's just a matter of time. And so how did God create love and why did God create relationship? I want to talk about one word tonight. And it's one of these words that as soon as I say it, you're going to, something's going to conjure up in your, in your mind. You're going to immediately think about it. And, and you're going to immediately go to a place what you think this word means. And so I'm just going to kind of cut you off at the past. Because I'm going to tell you how I'm going to use the word and put it in a little bit in a context. I want to use a real, real definition to this word so we can all be on the same page. Because it's a very powerful word, the word I'm about to, to introduce to you. And tonight, if we're going to look at relationships and love, we've got to look at this other word. And that word is called lust. Lust. And I know it conjures up so much in your mind. Being here in California 2018, I know that words like love and relationship and lust could mean all kinds of things to all kinds of you in this room. And if you have a different definition to me, then that's okay. I, I love you and I'm glad you're here. But I just want you to know and I want to set the ground rules tonight that when we talk about love and, and lust and relationships, that the only authority that I have to go by is the word of God. I can't go by what feelings are. I can't go by what the rest of the world is saying. I can't go by my own personal experience or even your own personal experience. I can only go by it here at Clovis Hills and at the Commons. What we choose to do is we choose to, to say that this is the word of God and this is our authority and this is what we have to go by. Are you following me? Because these words are loaded. I'm telling you, they're loaded. And if we don't have a true north, The word of God to go by, we can find ourselves feeling things and experiencing things that are made out there to be broken because we will abuse them. And I can tell you from firsthand, I have abused relationships in this way. And you've experienced relationships that have been abused in this way. And so the word lust, let me just give you a working definition so you know where I'm going with it tonight. And this is my working definition right here, lust. Lust, using someone as an instrument for your own satisfaction. Lust, using someone as an instrument for your own satisfaction. I want that to sink in for just a moment. Because that word lust so many times conjures up these sexual deviant thoughts in our minds and and sexual perversions. and, And while that could be very much part of what lust is, it's not always what lust is. And when we talk about relationships, godly relationships, how God created relationships to be, there's this idea of love and then there's this idea of lust. And if we're all on the same page here where lust is is using someone as an instrument for their own satisfaction, then we can move on and we can get down to what the Word of God says about relationships and love. Are you following me so far? Because we don't want to use anything that God created the way He did not intend it to be used because we know it will be broken. And so we come to the Word of God. And so if you have a Bible... If you have an iPad, an iPhone, one of those watches, however you access the Bible, I want you to turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 13, and we're going to read 16 verses, but since this is our authority, and since this is our true north, and we believe to be the Word of God, I'm going to ask you to do something kind of old school. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read from the Word of God. I got 16 verses. If you get tired, you can sit down. God ain't going to come down put lightning or anything like that on do. It says this, follow along, because what I'm about to read to you is one of the most perverse stories you will read in Scripture. One well, of the story that I'm about to read to you is so bizarre, it's like beyond Jerry Springer stuff, man. This is so crazy, <laughs> whacked out stuff I'm about to read to you. So follow along. Verse 1. In the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, the son of David. Now Amnon became so obsessed with his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. She was a virgin and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Now Amnon had an advisor named uh, Jonadab, son of Shimeon, David's brother, Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He asked Amnon, why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? Won't you tell me? Amnon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Go to bed and pretend to be ill, Joadab said. When your father comes to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my sight so I may watch her and then eat from it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and make some special bread in my sight so I might eat from her hand. David sent word to Tamar at the palace, Go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him. So Tamar went to the house of her brother Amnon, who was lying down, She took some dough, kneaded it, made the bread in his sight, and baked it. Then she took the pan and served it in the bread, but he refused to eat. Send everyone out of here, Amnon said. So everyone left him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food here into my bedroom, so I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in the bedroom. But when he when she took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, Come to bed with me, my sister. No, my brother, she said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? Where can I get rid of my disgrace? What about you? You would be like one of those wicked fools in Israel. Please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. But he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than her, he raped her. Then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. Amnon said to her, get up and get out. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Now that's a crappy story, isn't it? Just here to encourage you. But I love the Word of God. Because you know why we know this is real? Because if it wasn't real, that story wouldn't be in there. Because if I wrote it, I wouldn't put all my ugly garbage out there. I wouldn't put all my secrets out there. But yet here it is. Right in the Word of God. This incredibly ugly story. Of this guy named Amnon. Who was so full of lust. For his sister, same dad, different moms, doesn't matter, still weird. And then his brother, her brother, they're all brothers sisters (laughs) I don't mean to pick on Sean, but but, but Sean always talks about how he doesn't have a family tree, he has a family wreath because he's from Tennessee. That's kind of like what's (laughs) happening right here. You see what I'm saying? I <laughs> ding, 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 a ding, 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 They got all kinds of incest and all kinds of stuff going on. But this guy Amnon wanted his sister. I mean, that's the lowest of the low, right? And so he pretends he he doesn't know what to do. He says, "I want her so bad, I don't know what to do." And then this guy comes, David's brother. We're just calling him the crazy uncle. Because he is the crazy uncle. Who is this dude to give this advice? The crazy uncle comes on the scene, Jedda, And he says, Hey, Amnon, why are you always looking so bad, man? I mean, like, why are you always looking so sick and so down and everything? He goes, Well, I'm glad you asked. I got this thing for my sister. And instead of crazy uncle going, what are you doing, man? That's disgusting. He says, I got a plan. (laughs) What? What is happening? Who is this dude? Who is this crazy uncle, David's brother, that he would hatch this scheme to get Amnon and Tamar to sleep together? pause right here in the story. Can I just pause for a moment? Like, let me just say, be careful who you are asking advice from. Be careful who you are getting advice from. You know, I have a general rule I live life by. It's nothing profound. It's just this. Like, if I can't imagine trading places with that person, I shouldn't be asking advice from them. You hear what I'm saying? And yet, and yet, we go seek advice from people who are just going to tell us what we want to hear. We go ask advice from people who will just tell us the way that we're feeling and just confirming us the evilness and those desires that we have so that we can continue on. You say, well, pastor, wh- wh- where should I get advice from? Let's start with where you should not get advice from. Fortune cookies. Don't do it. Cosmo Magazine. They're not going to tell you the truth about relationships. Gentlemen, men's health is not going to improve your dating life. I'm just saying. Your, grand, your, your aunt, who's been divorced three times and this is as bitter, don't listen to her. She's not going to give you good advice. You see what I'm saying? Where are you drawing advice from on your relationships? Where are you getting advice from? I remember I had a friend in high school. He was like the guy that had always the, the advice for the ladies on how to get the ladies. you have any friends like that? I had a friend like that. I remember he was my friend, so back then I would listen to him and he'd go, hey, brah, listen, you really want to get the girls You pretend like you don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Did you just say if I want to get a girl pretend like I don't care about them? That's the stupidest advice you could ever take. Pretend. Guess what? I realized after high school that I was taking advice from a guy who never had a girlfriend. And we take advice from people that just want to tell us what we want to hear so that we could say, well, well, he told me to do it or she told me to do it. How about this? How about we start taking advice from first, the Word of God? How about we start taking relationship advice from this book right here? How about that? How about we start taking relationship advice from people who have good relationships? You're thinking about getting married, or maybe you are married and you're struggling right now? Go get advice from someone who's been married more than a week. I'm not saying that those of you who have been married a short period of time are are, are bad, I'm just saying you haven't lived the ups and downs. And I want to go after some people who've done life and lived life and are better off on the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? I want to live life. I want to get I want to get advice from people who I if I switched places with them, I would be incredibly happy. Like I can picture their life. That's who I want to get advice from. I want to get marriage advice from people who've been married decades who have been through the ups and downs, almost called it quits, but in the depths of their marriage, they said, no, we're committed to each other. So we're gonna get ourselves up and we're gonna rely on God and we're gonna keep pressing through this thing called relationship because it's hard and we're gonna finish together. That's who I wanna get advice from. Not my uncle, my crazy uncle who has all these weird theories about life and love. And has no idea what the Word of God says. I'm just saying, guys. Number one point tonight is this. Make sure you understand who you're getting relationship advice from. And make sure they're getting it from the Word of God. Are you following me? We're moving on. That's enough of that one. So we have this guy, crazy uncle. He comes into the story and he just says, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Hatches this cool plan. Listen. I know how this is going to go down. You pretend you're sick. And you lay in bed. You call your dad the king. And you say, dad, king, I'm sick. And the only thing that's going to help me is actually if my sister Tamar, her home cooking, is going to get me better. So can you send Tamar over to the house? And King David calls the palace and says, Tamar, your brother Amnon is sick. And he really needs some home cooking. Can you go to the house and cook for him? And of course, Tamar's like, Yes, I'll do that for my brother, right? Who wouldn't we? Of course, we would do that for our brother and sister. She didn't know the trap she was walking into. So she goes to the house and she starts cooking and kneading the bread and cooking it. And he's sitting there under the covers. That was kind of an evil laugh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe something like, oh, 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 oh. I don't know. It was kind of crazy. But he's like, this, this is working. I can't believe she's here. And she comes to her bed and says, the food's all done. And he says, everybody get out. Except for you, Tamar. I need you to feed me by hand so that I can get better. If that ever happens, run. If any boy, girls, if any boy says, feed me by hand, Get out of there. I'm just saying. Don't fall for it. It's a trap. So she goes by his bed, and she attempts to feed him, and then the truth comes out. She says, Tamar, he says, Tamar, I, I don't want your food. I'm not even sick. I actually want you to sleep with me. And he pulled the old reverseroo and got down to the point of what he wanted this relationship for. He wasn't in love with his sister. He was in lust with his sister. You see, he wanted to use Tamar as an instrument for his own gratification. He lusted after Tamar. And she steps back and she says, wait a minute, please don't do this. This is wicked. And I love what Tamar says. She says, just call the king. And instead of doing this wicked act, I'll marry you so that we can do it right. You see, Tamar understood that there was an order to things. She knew there was a proper order. And she knew what was about to happen was not the proper order. She knew the way that God created relationships to be between male and female. And it was about to get out of whack. And so she said, wait, This is not the correct order. Do you understand that God has an order for things for a purpose? And that when we get those things out of order, our life ends up out of order? Have you ever noticed that? Or is it just me? That God has put things in place for a reason. And he has ordered things to happen for a reason. And the moment we decide to take that order out and take it upon ourselves to reorder things is the moment that we can't sit back and blame God. God, why is my life so messed up? Why is it so out of order? He has order for a reason. And Tamar begs him, please, just call the king. Please don't rape me. And what happened? He did it anyway. And he said, I'm so full of lust right now. I want you, all I want you for is for my own desire and my own pleasure. Forget what God says, or forget what the order of things are. I just want you for my own pleasure. And then be gone. And that's exactly what Amnon did. And then we get to verse 15. And this is really the verse that got my attention the most. And I couldn't get past it. Verse 15. Let's put verse 15 up here. It says, then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. and I am not hating her with intense hatred. He just raped the girl, used her, and this will be gone. And then he has the nerve to say, I hate that woman. I hate her intensely. I hate her more than I even ever loved her. The problem is he never loved her. He lusted after her. Ladies, If there is, a, there is a guy in your life and he is telling you that your convictions are wrong and that he wants to thrust his convictions upon you, he does not love you, he's lusting after you. And listen to me and believe this to be true. If he is not willing to listen to your convictions now, he never will. Listen! If he doesn't respect you now, don't expect him to respect you in the future. You stand up to him and say, my conviction says that love is patient. And so you better be patient with me. And if he can't handle that, then off he needs to go. You understand me, ladies? Some ladies ought to be saying amen to that one. So here's the rub of everything that I want to talk about tonight right here. I'm going to bring it home right now. There is love and there is lust. Lust says that I'm going to use you as an instrument for my own gratification. While love says I'm going to give you everything you need. This is what I mean by that. Most famous verse in scripture, John three sixteen. What does it say? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. Scripture says there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends, that he would give his life for his friends. The difference between love and lust is simple. Lust is the world and all the relationships are built to satisfy me. Where love says, no, I am made for relationship so that I can give into the relationship. So that I can help sharpen the relationship. Guys, you are never going to find satisfaction in another human being. You are never going to find satisfaction in a male or a female. We have relationships not for satisfaction but to sharpen us. The only way you're going to find satisfaction is in God and God alone and in that relationship. And that is it. And yet so many times we go around looking for people who will try to satisfy us. You're not in love. You're in lust. And by the way, this works in every single relationship. This isn't just a message for preteens or teens. Stay at a loss. Don't look at girls that way. I- I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about relationship. It applies to me. This message is for me. Because every time I start to think about my wife in a way that she can only satisfy me, that I have begun to lust after my wife. And if that is correct, then I have begun to use that relationship in a way that it was never intended to be and it will begin to break. And so I have to put myself in check with my wife. She's not there to satisfy me. She's there to sharpen me. She's there to point me to Jesus. She's there to remind me that I'm only complete in that relationship with God. We can do life together that way. So this idea of lust and love and relationship, it's for all of us. And so here's the question in your relationships. Are you searching for lust or are you searching for love? Are you giving out vibes of lust or are you really seeking love? For God so loved the world that he gave. And every time you see the nature of God in Scripture, he is giving. He is giving. He is giving. And he wants to do tonight. He wants to give. And he wants to give more and more and more of himself because he doesn't lust you. He loves you. And if you think this concept of lust is only for Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife stuff, it's not true. I love the, <laughs> I love this. I, I was, a couple of weeks ago I had a guy in my office and he was telling me about how his relationship was falling apart. And he just said, Pastor, I don't know how it happened. I, I just fell out of love. What do you mean you fell out of love? Doesn't that sound weird? I just fell out of love? That'd be like you coming to me and saying, Hey, Pastor, I just fell out of my car. (laughs) Don't know how it happened. No, I'm going to tell you how it happened. In order to fall out of your car, someone needs to open up a door. Or somebody else needs to open up a door. And if you want to know how you fell out of love, that's because someone opened up a door. You see, the temptation is... That we think it's always better on the other side. And then we begin to lust. And we begin to think that relationships were created for us. And so we think it's okay then to start that conversation with a coworker, Even though we have a significant other. We think it's okay to open up those doors. Because we're not looking at love as a relationship. We're looking at it as lust. It's okay to start that Instagram chat or stalk someone. Because we forget that love is to give. That love's about giving. So I'm going to wrap it up with this. Do we have a relationship with God tonight that is based on lust or love? sounds like a bizarre question, isn't it? What did you talk about a church? Oh, do I stuff after God? I, I know it sounds weird. But think about it. You know how many people I know said, I'm going to check this God thing out. And they started coming to church. And they got into it. And pretty soon they're worshiping and singing and raising their hands. But the moment life starts to get tough. They say, wait a minute, God, I thought you were supposed to protect me. Wait a minute, God, I thought you were supposed to look out for me. Wait a minute, God, I thought everything was supposed to be easy. This is why I came to you. That relationship with God is based on lust, not love. Because love is based on a commitment. It's based on conviction, not based on feelings. So that's a simple question tonight. Is our relationships based on lust or love? And I'm talking about with each other and with God. You see, there's some in this room tonight who you come to church out of convenience. You seek God out of convenience. When things are tough, I better get back to church. I better get back to God. I haven't opened up this this Bible in a long time, but I better start opening it up again because maybe it has a solution in it for me. Okay, God, I promise. If you just do this for me, get me out of this jam, out of this problem. I promise I'll go back to the church. I'll go to Commons every month forever. You see, the problem is you've just missed the love that God has for you. You just missed what God has promised you. You've just missed this relationship that he wants to have with you. And it's not based on lust. It's based on love. So tonight, we're going to do it one more time. I want you to answer that question. Because the way that you answer that question is going to be based on how you respond to what we're about to sing and about to worship. See, maybe tonight, you're like, God, man, I... My relationship with you is not based on love. It's based on lust. I use you like a genie in a bottle. And that's not a real relationship. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe tonight, honestly, you're one of those people who actually have been used by someone who is full of lust. And you're jumping from relationship to relationship, trying to find love, but you have no idea what real love is. And so you just find yourself in this crazy circle. And you're so tired of it. You're so tired of being used. You're so tired of being abused that you just need to fall into the arms of a loving God who will never leave you nor forsake you. His love is not conditional. It's unconditional. And if you want to be satisfied in your relationships, it starts by having that relationship with God first. He's the only one who can satisfy, folks. He said, if anybody's thirsty, you come to me. I will give you a drink so that you never have to thirst again. His love is eternal. His love will not leave you. His love will not turn its back on you. His love. Will not abuse you. And while we sing tonight, we're going to have some people around the stage if you just need prayer. Like, like I'm tired of being abused in my relationships. And tonight it's been made clear I'm full of lust, and, and others have been full of lust with me. And I just need to get this thing right. I just need someone to pray with while we sing tonight. Don't hesitate to get up and go pray. Man, I got, I got a dude over here, Mike over here, and I got a, a, a chick over here. Chicks, go to the girl to pray. Guys, go to the guy. Don't be creepy. Especially since we're talking about this topic, right? Don't go to the girl, a guy, and say, I'm full of lust. Don't do that. Super weird. But guys, I'm going to tell you right now, you go to Mike. say, dude, I I struggle. Man, I'm so abusive in my relationships. I need to get my relationship right. That brother's going to understand what you're talking about. He's going to pray for you. Because guess what? He's just like me. We struggle with this too. Same thing for you girls, man. There's nothing you're going to tell Rochelle that's going to shock her. Are you kidding me? you think there's something that you're going to tell Rochelle is going to shock you? You don't know Rochelle. I'm not saying that bad about Rochelle. They came out really weird. Uh, I'm sorry, Rochelle. I didn't mean that. I'm just saying. We're all in this together, folks. Last love. We just got to get it right. Can we all just agree that we need to get it right? That's the whole point tonight. Let's just get it right. Let's stop screwing around in our relationships, looking for love in all the wrong places. Ooh, that's a song. Let's just get it right. So we're going to worship and I'm going to pray in just a moment. But I want you guys to think about that. Because I'm telling you, if you can't answer the question, that question right, then you've got to think about it. Tonight's the best night to do this. So let's pray. Father, it's in these moments that we've just read an incredibly bad example of relationships. Father, in fact, we, we've seen in our own lives bad examples of relationships. Father, there's times that I've been full of lust and I ask you to forgive me of that. And Father, in fact, the moments that I start to do that, I pray that you would convict me in such a way that I would be able to just turn quickly and rely on you, God, the one who has true love and has taught us how to truly love. Father, we confess to you that relationships are hard. But Lord, you've shown us that they're not for us. They're they're not for our own satisfaction, but God, you've created us to give and to sharpen one another and to point each other to you. So tonight, Lord, I pray that you would have your way in this place. And that Lord, we would walk out of here with right relationships. So Carl, it's just kind of as we continue to pray, I want you just to deal with God right now. But I just want to ask you a, a, a question. Maybe tonight there's there's someone in this place that you just have a horrible relationship with. And maybe you need to ask yourself, is it because I've I've been wanting? I've been so selfish in my relationship with them. Maybe at some point tonight, you, you just got to ask for forgiveness. But more importantly, there's some of you in this place tonight that have never had a true relationship with God. You thought God was a genie. You, you, you thought God existed just to, to sat to, you know, serve you and to. That the world was, evolves around you and. Well, God loves you unconditionally. He wants so much more for your relationships. He wants so much more out of your relationship with Him. He wants so much more. And He loves you. He is not mad at you. He does not hate you because of the decisions you've made in your own relationships. He is absolutely crazy in love with you. And he wants a relationship with you so bad. In fact, he says this in Revelation. He says, behold, I stand at your door and knock. Like I'm just standing outside and I'm knocking. And if you open up the door, I'm going to come in. And I'm going to dine with you. I'm going to live with you. And that's the kind of relationship he wants with you. And if that's your desire tonight, to have that relationship with God. never invited to come in and tonight's that night I want you to pray a prayer something like this Lord I need you I ask you to come into my life and make my relationship with you right forgive me of my sin and make me the person you created me to be if that's your desire tonight Church, as everybody else is just kind of dealing with your own stuff, if that's you, you've never accepted Christ, this could be the night you begin that relationship. This could be your day. I would love for you to do me a favor. That's your desire tonight. No one else is looking, just me. Maybe some of the band because they're getting ready. But if that's you and you prayed that prayer tonight, can you just look at me and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I raise my hand. I accept Christ tonight. I need God in my life. Just raise him high. See, that's my desire. Awesome. Alright. So Father, in this place, I pray that you would be glorified. That you would really work right now to speak to us. That relationships would be made whole. Yield would be put aside. There's no condemnation. But you would just draw us closer to your heart. Is that your desire? We confess to you that's our desire for you. We're tired of lustful relationships and we want love relationships that are meaningful, purposeful, and that honor you. We love you, God, and we pray these things in Christ's name. In the comments said, Amen. amen. God bless you guys. Let's stand and sing together.